0: Welcome into another episode of the unnamed MMA podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, joined as always by Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000 Follow me on Twitter at Adam A Abdallah. Get all of Jordan's picks at FatJackSports.com. If you were listening to last week's, we gave out some winners. Jordan gave, I will say we Jordan gave out some winners, and now Jordan, it's time. It's time for the big one. I say it's time. I should say it in the voice too, like, but I don't want to get sued. I don't want to get sued. You could do movie I, voice. I don't it's think fine. Like, it's time. Like I don't want to get sued. I like, might, like, I might have to edit that out. I don't want to get sued. You'll for be that, fine. You know? I
1: don't think Dana White is is listening to this podcast. Yeah,
0: I mean, maybe he should be. We've given him some thoughts and ideas about what he should do with the uh, UFC, but I don't think he does listen to us. But it is UFC 280. It's the big one. It's in Abu Dhabi. It's early. Remember that the card starts early. For me, mostly, and for those listening at home, this is not in Vegas or anything like that. This is overseas in Abu Dhabi, and we have one hell of a card for people today. This is the best UFC card I've seen in a long time. Jordan, I don't know what you think, but this is a great one.
1: It's it's very, very top-heavy, but the top is extremely... Lucrative and fun and important fights, and I think there's value, obviously, in each one of these fights. But it's also, if you get further down the card, and I know we're, we don't really spend a lot of time on the undercard. Maybe a couple plays, but there are a lot of fighters that have not fought in a significant amount of time. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Eighteen month layoff, three year layoff, sixteen month layoff, one year layoff. It's quite mind-boggling that amount of you know amount of fighters that are under. Contract, if you will, with the UFC, and yet all these guys miss this significant amount of time, but they're making their returns. Uh, well, they wanted th- you know, the trip to Abu Dhabi is what they wanted, right? You they're, want that trip? Yeah, but they're all, but they're all like based there, anyways. They're all that's you know, Dagest- most of them are Dagestani
0: Russians. That's, I mean, hey, they, and they win a lot too, so that's why they. But we will, you know, normally we don't start with the undercard, but we will mention the undercard today because our guy Bilal Muhammad, Chicago Zone, is fighting Sean Brady to end. The undercard right before the main card kicks off or, or you know, whatever it is they do in, in UFC. It's not kick off or tip off. You know, as, as soon as they start fun, kick start. Uh, as soon as that kick starts, but you've got Bilal Muhammad, you've got Sean Brady to end that. This should probably be in the main card, but as you've mentioned before, they like to stack the end of that undercard because that is on ESPN Plus, And maybe you get a few more buys of the pay-per-view after people have been, you know, watching it for so long. And, you know, all of Chicago is going to be watching this one. Bilal Muhammad, Sean Brady, Bilal Muhammad, the underdog. Once again, uh, at plus 115, Sean Brady is minus 146. Bala Muhammad comes in on a three-fight winning streak, unbeaten in his last eight. He's 11-1 and with one no contest in his last 13 fights. And then Sean Brady fighting for the first time since last November, but he is 15-0. And he's making a name for himself in this welterweight division that is a very crowded division. But Bala Muhammad, we know he wants a title shot. He's never been given a title shot, and now he has been given this fight, and we know Bilal. He's been on the show multiple times. You can listen to that podcast. It's just been reposted, so you can listen to that there as he gets ready. He joined us a couple weeks ago uh, from Dubai as he was already over there getting ready for this fight, but he doesn't say no to fights. Whether it's you know a few weeks' notice, a month's notice during Ramadan when he's fasting during the days, as, as he is a Muslim, uh, or against Sean Brady and Abu Dhabi. So how do you see this one? Because we've been on Bilal Muhammad a bunch of times before. He continues to cash as an underdog, and he's an underdog once again.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, it's trending more towards a pick right now when it was first released when we talked to him three weeks ago when he was preparing for the fight. The value on Bilal Muhammad was there. It was plus 140. We grabbed it. And I think that was the spark play just based on how he's going to you know, go about this fight. He's going to try and drag Sean Brady uh, into deep waters. And we've seen Sean Brady kind of fade in a couple of his last fights when he's gone up against some higher-end grapplers. But he has gone up against some higher-end grapplers. That's who Bilal Muhammad is. And obviously, Sean Brady being unbeaten has been successful. He got the best of Michael Chiesa. He got the best of Jake Matthews. Uh, he got the best of Court McGee in his UFC debut. And that's quite impressive. But Well Muhammad is on another level, he's on another tier of the welterweight division. And if Sean Brady is the type of guy that the UFC believes he is... He will best Bilal Muhammad in this fight. I think it's going to be a difficult proposition to do that. I think Bilal Muhammad, the way that he goes, goes about takedowns or the fact that he goes about his takedown defense is extremely uh, rare and, and not, not really common. Plus, he's going to be the better boxer uh, on the feet than Sean Brady. My recommendation for this fight... Whichever way you're leaning, I'm leaning towards Bilal Muhammad is either fighter via decision. Okay. I don't see this fight getting finished. Uh, you know, neither guy's really a big time finisher. Sean Brady only has one finish in his UFC career, or excuse me, two two finishes in his UFC career. But he is a guy that goes to the judges' scorecards a heck of a lot, as does Bilal Muhammad. I think it's going to be contested mainly on the feet, and Bilal Muhammad should have the advantage in his cardio, which is an advantage, and it's one of his strengths should carry over into the second and third round. So that's why I like Bilal Muhammad. And if you're looking at that, that's Bilal Muhammad to win by decision
0: at plus 180. And if you want Sean Brady to win by decision, that's plus 150. Or you could just go with Bilal Muhammad straight up. But if you think, I also think this is going to go the distance. I mean, we've been on Bilal a few times on this podcast as an underdog. And every time we are, he goes, it goes to the judge's scorecard. And he gets his hand raised, except for that, that one time with the eye poke. And he's been talking a lot of trash, saying how much he doesn't like Philly. He doesn't like Sean Brady. He doesn't like Philly cheesesteaks. He doesn't like the Eagles. He didn't mention a double doink, which is good for him. Didn't go the double doink Appreciate route. That. But, but, yeah, because if he does get knocked out, then there might be a few double doink uh, references for him. But Bilal Muhammad by decision at plus 180, that's what I'm going with. That's what you're going with. That's what, you know, if you recommend Sean Brady too, if you don't like Bilal for some reason you listen to this podcast, then that's fine, I guess. Uh, You can go with Sean Brady by decision at plus 150 because I don't think you want to lay the uh, minus 140. But this should be a great one. And, I don't know if he's going to get a title shot after this if Bilal ends up winning this fight, but he should be in some consideration to fight guys that are actually above him as opposed to guys that are constantly trying to get above
1: him. And there's not a lot of options for him uh, above him. I yeah. mean, Bilal Muhammad is a, is a top-five welterweight, and look, there, there's only guys like Kobe Covington and, and obviously Kamaru Uzmano, the champion, Leon Edwards, but now we're hearing rumors that the Kamara Usman is trying to negotiate a trilogy fight with Leon Edwards to take place in London uh, so he could reclaim or attempt to reclaim the welterweight strap. The other thing real quick about this fight is in, in most likelihood, Brady's going to win the first round. Brady's going to come out like a house of fire uh below muhammad has to kind of get into the feel of the fight mm-hmm. so this would be also a fight that i pay attention to live and remember it's going to take place in the afternoon it's going to take place right in the heart of college football it's going to take place while i'm up in the air on my way to denver yeah. realize that i can do that now my wife is like why why do you have an issue with a pay-per-view taken there and just just watch it on the plane and i'm looking at her like well what about the kids she's like just watch it on the plane we'll be fine I'm like okay don't. Yeah. you tell me i can watch pay-per-view and i don't have to pay attention to the kids Perfect. perfect. I mean,
0: it says online around 1245. That's always a guesstimate with, like, fights and how UFC you know, if a fight goes long or it goes ends early, that could shift, but it says right around 1245, which means that these early cards are getting kicked off at around 915, is what this says, in the morning. That first fight, Carl Rosa against Lena Landsberg is at 915 in the morning. So wake up early, get some coffee, and turn on ESPN Plus and get this UFC fight. But you're right. I mean, we have seen uh, with Bilal that he does kind of play a lot of defense in that first round and he can absorb some hits or, you know, maybe get to the ground or work some takedowns. But he does kind of play a lot of defense up against the fence a lot of the times uh, early in the fight. And then he kind of gets a flow. For what's going to happen,
1: and then you kind of see him pull away. At the exactly. Plus, in the fact too that he relies a lot on his cardio, like that—that that is one of his mm-hmm. attributes that he leans on to be better than the guy that he's opposing. And I, we have seen Sean Brady a little bit fade in a, in a couple of his last fights, even though he was victorious and remains unbeaten. So that's why I also love the live betting aspect of uh, of just the sports gambling in general, but in particular with the UFC when you know a particular fighter like a Muhammad, maybe he's a little bit of a slow starter, and then is going to pick it up. Similar, to what we're going to talk about with Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley. Both mm-hmm. people, Peter Yan, notorious slow starter; Sean O'Malley, notorious quick starter. That th- those combinations don't add up. So, how, how when you're up in the air?
0: You have to be above a – like, I don't think you. – I've tried making – I've tried gambling on planes. It
1: does not work. No, I'm going to have to funnel everything in. But luckily, I'm going to be in Colorado. So by the time I land, I'll just hook up with the sports book in in Colorado and get it done. All right. Because
0: I've definitely been the guy that's like, oh, man, I should be live betting this game while I'm in the air. Exactly. It did not work, because 30,000 feet above the air is not sanctioned for gambling, apparently.
1: <laughs> we'll, to, we'll get there eventually. Let's
0: get on it, America. Come on. All right, then we go to our main card here, Caitlin Chikagian against Manon Faroe. Uh Chikagian is plus 170, Manon is minus 225. In another fight that could be setting up the winner to face uh, a title shot, you know, later in 2023 or earlier in 2023. Uh, But Chikagian established herself as one of the best fighters in the flyweight division so far. She's on a four-fight winning streak, seven and two over the last nine. And Manafero's winner of nine straight, four of her last UFC fights have been wins. Uh, So these are two talented fighters to start this um, main card here.
1: Yeah, and two fighters that like to compete on the feet. So it should be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. Chikagian, as you mentioned, four-fight win streak, blonde fighter, basically notorious for being the number Two fighter in this women's division. She's never going to be the champion because Valentina Shevchenko proved just how much the levels there are to this game. But Chuiegin Ch- Ch- is very good, rangy kickboxer. Very good jab. Very good low kicks. I was on her last week, and I talked about her. You asked me for some early picks. Caitlin Chukagan was my selection because I liked her, especially at that plus dog money. I've now reverted off of that, and further research has shown, and I was reminded about the fact that uh, Faroe is a southpaw, so that's going to cause some issues to the strength of Chukagian and how she's going to want to have this fight. And Faro also is going to be able to match her with a, her karate black belt background, her Muay Thai experience. She's very athletic. And she also hits harder than Caitlin Chukagan. Chukagan's kind of a point fighter. Uh, is a, is a nasty finisher. So I'm actually backtracking that. I think Pharaoh is going to win this fight, but at the money line at 225, don't like it. I think that's too much value on, or too much of a, a juice on her, so Farrow's going to go to a parlay. I think she's going to win this fight. I think she is better than Caitlin Chikagian unless Chikagian decides to wrestle, which we really haven't seen a lot of that from her against fighters that don't have as strong takedown defense as uh, Farrow. So Farrow's going to be stuffed into one of my parlays uh, throughout the card. All
0: right, if we're looking for method of victory, though, uh, Farrow to win by decision is minus 110, so that's the way Vegas thinks it's going to go. It's going to go to the judge's scorecard. Farrow by Knockout is plus 380, and then there is no way uh, she submits because that is 25 to 1. So we're going to look at just a parlay stuffer. I will add that into our bets right now. Pharrell minus 220. Okay, so that's in there right now as we go to our next fight here uh, on, the, on the main card. Uh, Benil Dariush against Matush Gamrat. Gamrot is a minus 210 favorite, a big favorite, against uh, Dariush, who's plus 160. And this could be another title eliminator in the lightweight division ahead of the championship uh, fight later on in the night because these two guys are trying to get into that championship contention, and the winner of this fight could see themselves with a potential title fight. Uh, Dariush is on a seven-fight win streak and could be the next challenger for the for the lightweight title if he's able to beat uh, Matush Gamrat, who is a heavy favorite at 2'10". But this could be, uh, this should be a good fight between these two guys, despite the odds saying that camera's minus
1: 210. This could be my favorite fight in the card. This could be my favorite fight in the card, just both stylistically and where these guys are in the lightweight division. I mean, Benil Dariush is being disrespected. He allegedly was told that he was uh, going to be the stand-in replacement for the title fight between Oliveira and Makachev. Now we're hearing that the winner of that fight, the Oliver Makachev fight, is going to get Alexander Volkanovsky, who's going to jump up in weight from the featherweight division, too lightweight to challenge the champion winner. So Benilo Darius is like, what, what What? about me, man? What, I happened? Mean, what, what happened to me? I'm going to stand in, but I, I don't get the winner if I if I win this fight. Uh, I like the old man. And Benilo Darius is not an old man, but he's got gray hair like me. He's only 33, <laughs> but he's the old man. He's been doing this for quite some time. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. So at first... I love that against a guy in Gamrot who likes to rely on his wrestling when the stand up is not working for him. Benio Dariush is going to be like, all right, fine. It's similar to the to the Makachev uh, and, and Oliveira fight. Oliveira is going to welcome the fight to be on the ground. If Gamrot wants to take Dariush to the ground, Dariush is going to welcome that. But Dar- Dariush is also s- sneaky, athletic. He's got some very good strikes. Uh, you know, he trained at that Black House, yeah, that Fame Gym. Uh, now he's he was at Kings MMA. Now. Um, he's beaten kind of the who's who in the lightweight division, but he also has been out for quite some time. Hasn't fought since May of 2021. He uh, had an ankle injury that prevented him from fighting Islam Makachev in in the headliner of a fight night fight. That ended up being Kevin Lee, or not Kevin Lee. um, That ended up being Bobby Green. We saw what happened to Bobby Green. He loses in a round to Makachev. Meanwhile, Gamrot, like, makes his UFC debut, wins four fights in a row, three finishes, and he's in the mix in, in the lightweight division. Very fluid striker, uh, good finisher when he smells blood and a guy that will rely on his wrestling. For me, it is Benil Dariush at this plus money, and it's high. At plus 150, 155. Yeah. I think until again, he proves that he, he's not at that same level as, as some of the upper echelon of the lightweight division. Fine, but he, he's on this... This meteoric rise that I think he's put past, the stoppage losses, because he's had some stoppage losses. He got knocked out by Alexander Hernandez. He got knocked out by Edson Barbosa, flying knee, some brutal knockouts. Yeah. But, but And you know what the other thing is? Benio Darius will scrap. Like, he can, he'll he get into a dirty fight and come out on top. And he did that uh, against Dracar Klaus, who's, who's a very powerful puncher. So... I like everything that Daniel that Darius is doing heading into this fight and I think Gamrot's just been a little recency biased that he's on this this four fight win streak in the UFC people forgetting how talented Darius is. I like it and if we're going to go for some uh, method of
0: victory hunting here Darius by decision plus 330 Dariush by knockout is seven to one, and Dariush to win by submission is ten to one. The most likely outcome for method of decision is Gamrat to win by decision at plus one thirty. But if you're saying Dariush, and the dogs are barking, I love the dogs barking over early too. Early one forty-five for this fight. The dogs are barking early. Make sure you you know switch over from some college football. It's kind. Of, I mean, look, it's still a good college football day. You still got five uh, top twenty-five matchups, but this is early enough in the day where I feel like you can you can you know put those aside for a little bit. And Turn this on one of your TVs, or you just watch it on your phone. ESPN Plus is on your phone too. Uh, so I like that. We'll go with Dariush Plus 160.
1: As the dog as a straight up dog a straight up dog, and I think also you probably want to take a look at the under at two and a half because Ooh, you know, okay. Ga- Gamrot's that's also' plus money too Yeah, Gamrot's also a finisher he 's a guy that 's shown versatility both in striking and submissions, and obviously Benil Darush, no stranger to, to, to finishing fights as well his chin, as I just alluded to, has been tested before and he 's been knocked out, so there is that quite possibility that under the two and a half at plus money would be worth a play
0: all right, our next fight I hate. Uh, <laughs> mostly it. because I hate the I hate the fighters. Uh, Peter Yan minus two fifty. Thank God. I hope he knocks the crap out of Sean O'Malley. Uh, Peter Yan faces off with Sean O'Malley here, and Sean O'Malley's all hype. He's all TikTok. He's got the pink hair. He's got the sugar Sean. Like it's just it's just annoying. Like he hasn't done anything yet. I understand. Like if you there's to me there's 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 these three fighters right that are super hyped. There's Patty the Batty. There's Meatball Molly. They're hyped because of Barstool and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's a different kind of hype. They're like they seem to be like more like the people's fighters, right? Like they're out there drinking with people, they're eating with people, they're like in the streets, they're taking pictures. They're always they're like about the people. Sean O'Malley just seems like a douche. Like he just he's he comes off as like that kind of just like I just want to see him get knocked out. And Sean O'Malley plus one ninety. He's a big up and comer. That he's easy on the he's only to me. I know Peter Jan's a great fighter, right? Deserves to be on main cards. But Sean O'Malley's on the main card, only on the main card because of his clout. And only because his Instagram followers, his TikTok followers, might buy this pay-per-view to watch him in the main card. And I hope he gets knocked out. I, don't, I know that Peter Jan, that it's probably going to go to the ground and all that kind of stuff. And, but Sean O'Malley does like the hot start, that hot start. So if he does come in hot, maybe he, maybe a fist lands in the face or something like that, and he gets knocked out. But I,
1: I just hope he loses. I, I don't like rooting <laughs> against guys and not being biased. I just don't like this dude. Yeah, I don't like him either. I, I, I don't like him either. I think that he's kind of been spoon fed some of his opponents. Uh, I, I think he's been lucky that in the fact in his in his second fight in the UFC that the fight wasn't stopped because of the the leg injury that he had, and, and you know uh, his opponent did, for some reason decided to not take him to the ground. Uh, and he's he's fought guys that that will stand in front of him. Then Pedro Munoz, the accidental eye poke, he was winning that fight. He won the first round, and he was about to win the second round before before the accidental eye poke uh, prevented Munoz from from continuing the fight. And plus, the fact too that Sean O'Malley won't won't acknowledge the fact that he lost to Marlon Vera, like he got knocked out by Marlon Vera. It's crazy. After, he got knocked out after he dyed his hair the colors of the Ecuadorian flag to poke fun at Marlon Vera, who is from Ecuador um again douche move yeah douche move i mean he's kind of dana white's boy and that's why he's got this hype train behind him and my worry is that sean o'malley is fighting a guy that might be still in that perfect opponent realm i mean peter yan is not a wrestler he is not a grappler he's Mm -hmm. a guy that's a counter striker that likes to punch people in the face and for as annoying as he is, Sean O'Malley is still uber talented in the striking department, and he's got length and reach and height that is very, very peculiar for the bantamweight division and very difficult for guys to deal with, especially a guy that, that like Peter Yan that is compact and has short arms. So, um, I, I'm I told you this like two weeks ago. I told you this last week. Like. This is almost just a stalemate fight for me, and just please and pray that Sean O'Malley gets knocked out. Like yeah. I just, I just want to see it. I want the hype train to die, uh, a, a, a convincing death, put him back <laughs> in his place. But there is something about me that that Sean O'Malley can pull this type of fight off. I'm not going to play him because the odds don't indicate it. But when it got to the fact that Peter Young at one point was was bet, all the way up to, to minus 450, well, that meant the comeback on, on Sean O'Malley is, what, what plus 300, plus yeah. 320, if I'm mm-hmm, doing the yeah. math right? Mm-hmm. Like, then it might be worth a look at Sean O'Malley because, again, the guy is 15-1. and one. Like, he, he doesn't really lose fights. Um, so stay away from me. I don't even like putting Peter Yan into a, into a parlay. If Sean O'Malley balloons up, probably got to put a little bit of something on him, but just stay away from me. Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, not even in the parlay because Peter Yan, like you said, he could be not what he used to be, and Sean O'Malley might just be getting a hype. The hype train might just continue, and if it does, that's fine. I'll just bet against him later on because he's going to get a better fight, and he's not that great of a fighter. I mean, even though he is fifteen and one, or as he says, sixteen and out.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and again, the you know the 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 uh, resume, the names like. If, again, if I was John Dodson versus Sean O'Malley, a guy to Peter Yan beat, yeah. I would probably pick John Dodson over Sean O'Malley. Jimmy Rivera over Sean O'Malley, probably pick Rivera. U- Uriah Favor, Uriah Favor's spread, but Jose Aldo, Corey mm-hmm. Sanhagen. But again, also, there is the mental factor about fighting a guy like Sean O'Malley, just like there's a mental factor about fighting a guy like Patty Pimblett, and there was a mental factor about fighting a guy like uh, Connor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys just win the fight. Before the fight actually happens, yeah, and Peter Yan is an emotional fighter. He is. We saw it happen in the Eljamine Sterling fight, and then he lost to Algernon Sterling. Um, So again, it's also why I I don't necessarily trust Peter Yan to get it done because he's an emotional fighter.
0: Yeah, and there's really no value anywhere because even the the over is minus two hundred five on this fight, and then Peter Yan to win by decision minus one ten. All right, but if you're playing a prop, you want more value than that. Peter Yan to win by knockout. Plus 300, so three to one if you want to see our, our, our wishes come true there at three to one. But yeah, there's really no value. And I'm not going to bet on Sean O'Malley because I don't want to be rooting for him because he's just kind of a douche. I mean, he seems like it.
1: Yeah, and, 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 even, and even looking at the total, like, yeah, m- I mean, two and a half, under yeah. two and a half, plus mate, 165. Is, yeah, exactly. Plus up 172 at FanDuel, yeah. maybe you go there, mm-hmm. maybe. But again, I, I just I just don't think there's so much volatility yeah. in this in this fight that I just stay away.
0: Well, you mentioned Aljamain Sterling. He is the first of our co-main events. Aljamain Sterling against TJ Dillashaw. Aljamain Sterling is minus one eighty-five. This is for the bantamweight title, and Dillashaw is at plus one forty-five. Uh, Sterling has come out and won a bunch of these fights. And this is a classic, you know, you've got grappler against striker, right? You've got two styles that don't really go together. So this is going to be interesting to see which guy can get uh, who on the ground and does, does this fight stay on the feet and how does this work? So This will be a great, this should be a great fight. You mentioned this was top heavy. These are two title fights here. This should be, this is the first one. This should be a great fight between these two guys. And 185, not too much of a heavy price to pay on Aljamain Sterling if you think he's going to get this done. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, I keep forgetting that this fight's on the card. Like yeah. it's it, no one is talking about this fight mm-hmm. not anybody and it's two of the greatest bantamweights that we, we have on the roster maybe that we've seen I love Jermaine Sterling uh, the funk master because of his awkward striking his top top notch wrestling his use of af- athleticism and the fact look that he's bounced back like he got brutally knocked out by Marlon Moraes a few years ago he had that you know, disqualification win over Peter Yan in a fight that he was losing and should have lost. And then he comes back and he beats, you know, Peter Yan. And TJ Dillashaw is another miraculous story. This is a guy that, you know, She kind of came out of nowhere, won the UFC Bantamweight championship, lost it, reclaimed the UFC Bantamweight championship over, you know, uh, a chief rival in in, in Cody Garbrandt, then lost uh, the the flyweight championship, got stripped of the Bantamweight title because of uh, some illegal substances that he was using, and then comes back and beats Corey Sanhagen. It's a great fight. great fight. I just think it's going to come down to the wrestling acumen of a guy like Aljamain Sterling and his athleticism, uh, Five-round fight, both guys could push pace. It's going to probably go to the judges' scorecards. Probably going to be a split decision. Can we get odds <laughs> on that? But I think Aljamain Sterling is certainly <laughs> worth it. Uh, I, I just like the intangibles better. The camp, uh, he trains with the Marab Divishvili at the Cerro Longo camp. Plus, his athleticism, his wrestling, I think, is enough to get it done.
0: So if you go for method of victory, Aljamain Sterling to win by decision like you think it will is plus 120 uh, Sterling to win by submission because he is the grappler at 4-1 and then to win by knockout is 10-1 on the other side. Dillashaw to win by decision is 3-1. to one. To win by submission, which is something he does not do, is 18-1 and then him to win by knockout is plus 450. So if you think this is going to go to the decision and you like our suggestion of Algermain Sterling, Algermain by decision at plus 120. The over 4.5 in on this one because this is a five round fight since it is a title fight co-main event, minus 205 for the over so the vegas believes this will go the distance the odds will dictate that if you believe sterling is going to control this on the ground and get dillshaw on his back then this is the probably the play to go is sterling by decision to plus 120
1: yeah i mean Dillashaw has only been stopped twice in his uh mixed martial arts career he was knocked out uh, by some punches by henry cejudo and then in, in his fifth fight in his ufc career actually or his I MMA mean, career, his first fight in the UFC, he got knocked out by the aforementioned John Dodson, and Aljamain Sterling's kind of the same way. You know, I mentioned the two times that he was, uh, he lost, uh, he got knocked out by Mauren Moraes he had the controversial what should have been a loss, but win over Peter Yan, and outside of that, split decision, split decision losses. So these are guys that go to the judges' scorecards, and I think Sterling just a tad bit better.
0: Alright, so we will go with Aljamain Sterling. I'm going to put it in that parlay that we've got started here with uh, Man Fero, uh to 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 end this because our parlay hit last week. We hit a parlay last week, so we owe uh, the people a parlay another one, another one? for this week. So, so far, we've got Ferro in it and Algermain Sterling. And right now, with those two picks, it's, playing, it's paying plus 135. So, we'll see if we can add anything else to that. But finally, our main event, Charles Oliveira, Islam Makachev. Makachev minus 175, Oliveira plus 135. Oliveira's on an 11-fight winning streak. Uh, consecutive stoppage wins against Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gagey. So, the... the the opponents are there for him. He's one of the the best. He's obviously the best two light uh, weights on the planet right now. And then Makachev, who is just from that Dagestani group that just can't be stopped right now and they know how to wrestle. These, this fight is definitely going to go to the ground. This is going to be settled with grappling and with uh, so a submission maybe or, or go the distance. There might not be, a, there probably won't be a knockout in this fight, but this is going to be a great fight and this is the, this is the main event. So how do you see? Uh, it is. And I, and I-
1: Look, I mean I love this fight. I do. I love I love the story about Charles Oliveira, uh, you know, a guy that was middle tier, middling in two different weight classes. He finally figured it out. He finally put it all together and he has just run rough shot over the lightweight division, really showcasing uh, the, the, how evolved he has become. When when he entered the UFC, he was this whiz kid, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He evolved into an all-around fighter with his boy thai. He's been in, in wars, absolute wars with Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gage. He's been dropped in all three of those aforementioned fights. He comes back like a house of fire and gets stoppage wins. I mean, this guy holds the UFC record for submissions. He holds the UFC record for finishes. He holds the UFC record, I think, for, for post-fight bonuses. This guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and mm-hmm. he's plus money right now. He's not at the value that he was released. He was released at plus 220, Ooh. which was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It's now trended all the way down to, like, plus 135 plus 140. To me, you can't make the argument that you can't bet him as an underdog. You just can't. Even though Islam Makachev is Habib Nurmagomedov 2.0, this guy has also run roughshod over everybody that's been put in front of him, albeit not the same resume. Absolutely not the same resume. I don't know how comfortable I would say backing Makachev versus Michael Chandler, backing Makachev versus Dustin Poirier, backing Makachev versus Justin Gagey. He's got a top-level wrestling game, obviously coming out of the Habib Nurmagomedov camp. He can submit you. He can ground and pound you. He's got evolved striking as well. I think Oliver's a little bit better. And the fact, too, look, I know people talk games like, hey, this is what I'm going to do in the fight? Like... Okay, like you say that, but like, okay, I know what you're going to do. As you just said, yeah. is going to look to take this fight to the ground. Welcome to the guard of Charles Oliveira. Exactly. It's the best we've ever seen yep. or like the second best in Joyce Gracie. So, um, right off the bat, under for sure. Okay, okay. I, I do not believe there's any way, shape, or form. This literally goes un, into un, the, hold
0: on. Under what though? Because I'm looking at the over/under right now, and it's at one and a half,
1: two and a half, three and a half. Okay, it, which is All still right. which is still good value. I Let's think see. I think two and a half is like dollar ninety, dollar eighty-five. Um, I, I I think just based on what we know about these guys, how they how they fight. Mm-hmm. How Charles Oliver just hunts for submissions and the fact that he's been stopped. I mean, look, he's got seven yeah. of his eight losses, he was been stopped seven times. He's under, been knocked out. Under three and
0: a half is minus two eighty, so under two and a half is probably right around like minus one twenty, one twenty. That's where I like it. Yeah. I,
1: I do I do like it. That gives me two and a half rounds for each guy to kind of figure it out. I don't think there's gonna be a filling out process because there really never is with Charles Oliver. He comes out like a bat out of hell, tries to pressure you. Makachev will do the same and i lo- i love everything else around this fight too the fact that like if charles oliver is is successful once again and 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 finally like is now like you know uh the the official ufc lightweight champ because apparently you know he's not cuz he missed, weight. He missed we- weight. Like, he whatever, the, the, the yeah, weight whatever the weight gate whatever it was the
0: picture on espn.com still has him holding the yeah, exactly, belt exactly exactly he's
1: still holding it um like the fact that you can make the argument that um habib might maybe he comes out of retirement to avenge you know his buddy or the fact too we're hearing that Volkanovski is next. is going to fight him or wants to fight him in Brazil in, like, January for the lightweight title. And then challenge him for his featherweight strap in Perth in love Australia. It. I love it. Like, uh, Charles Oliveira is Charles awesome. He is just absolutely so unbelievable. And the fact, like, his, his story, where he came from, yes, I might be a little bit biased towards Charles Oliveira. That I love him. And I've cashed on him several times. But, again... I don't think you could argue one of the greatest lightweights fighters of all time, a finishing machine at plus money, you can't back him. No,
0: absolutely. And these guys have been talking trash for the last uh, couple of weeks here. Makachev said he uh he passed him in the lobby, but he couldn't tell which was him because the entire crew has white hair. So like there there's been some a little bit of trash talking, but these two guys definitely respect each other. If you're looking at method of victory here, uh, you've got Islam Makachev uh, to win by decision is plus 425, to win by submission is plus 200, to win by knockout is plus 300. And then Oliveira to win by submission is 3 to 1. Oliveira to win by knockout is plus 550 and then to win by decision is 12 to 1. So and nobody believes that this is going to the ground, uh, going to the judge's scorecard. Vegas doesn't believe it either. So the under there is most likely the play, but it's just a matter of who you think is going to win this fight. You think Charles Oliveira at, my, at plus 135 that's great value. So that's that's the main event and uh, Oliveira will want will get his belt back even though he still got it in pictures and everything.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think he is and still the UFC lightweight champion of yes. the world.
0: Yes. So when they do they still and do they will they and still no, him? No, it'll, 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 yeah, okay. it'll be a new. They'll have to say new cuz it's stupid. Okay. That's dumb. Yeah, yeah. That's dumb. So right now for our uh our plays we've got Bilal Muhammad by decision. Blah Muhammad just in general at plus one twenty. Blah Muhammad by decision at plus one eighty. Uh, Dariush at plus one sixty, and the under two and a half at plus one forty five. And then we've got Charles Oliveira at plus one thirty five, and then take the under two and a half there at whatever you can find it at. And then we've got our parlay right now: Manon Ferreau against Aljamain and Aljamain Sterling, not against and Aljamain Sterling at plus one thirty five. Anything else in this uh, this undercard that you like? We only mentioned Blah Muhammad we, in the undercard. Yeah, we
1: only mentioned Bala Muhammad. There's not a lot else because. Now we're filtering into that portion of the card I alluded to earlier in the podcast. Like a lot of guys with a long layoffs, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know a lot about them. I do know something about the last name of one of the undercard fighters, Nurmagomedov. Yeah, I've uh, heard of that uh, name before. Yeah, exactly. So stuff him into the parlay, All I right. think. Just, just overall, better game. Abu
0: Bakr Nurmagomedov. I can say that word. There it's Arab.
1: Know. There it is. I can say it. It's so add So add, add a little bit more value to... Um, the play. All right. So that takes us. So if you've
0: got your Magomedov, Sterling, and Ferro in there, that's plus 278. That, that's fine. That's, that's great. Good. We don't need to go your. Are you kidding me? That's no.
1: great. We that's almost need... three to one. The other underdog that I'm hearing, and I'm not there yet, but obviously I consult. I read. A lot of other people are high on the opportunity for AJ Dobson. He's plus 180 at FanDuel right now over Armin mm-hmm. Petrosian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We saw Armin Petrosian get a controversial win, I believe, against Robocop. Gregory Rodriguez, who we liked in a fight two weeks ago. A.J. Dobson, just maybe his overall game, some wrestling coming into play a plus 180 might be worth a small sprinkle as you like to say.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good at 1015 uh, in the morning. That's before Listen, you're going to get that money before if that cash is you're getting it before college football starts, you can sprinkle that around college football all day. That's the beauty of this. This is to me, this is like waking up with some EPL, some Premier League soccer. You get to bet this stuff early before the uh, college football kicks off and then you can get that money in your account and you can start spending it on college football. I love it. So this is great. UFC 280, it's going to be a great pay-per-view. You can watch the prelims on ESPN Plus, you can order the pay-per-view right there from ESPN Plus as well. If you want all of Jordan's picks, make sure you go to FatJackSports.com and make sure you sign up. He's been hot on the NFL, he's been hot on college football, hot on the NBA, great in baseball. So make sure you get those. And listen, the only he had he had a uh, Jack will tell you he had a kind of a rough weekend last weekend, but luckily because of your UFC picks. It was still a winning weekend uh, for Fat Jack, so make sure you check out those picks, fatjacksports.com. Follow Jordan on Twitter at Woodon ESPN 1000 I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah, and we will be back next week to recap UFC 280 and preview another UFC fight night. Thank you for listening to the Unnamed MMA Podcast.